there's no turning back. I don't think the people in charge are near nervous enough. Thank you. I gave you my, gave you my radio voice. <laughs> you did? I noticed that. Hey, everybody. This is Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. This is uh, Friday, the uh, twenty, uh, the 24th, yes, of April, 2020. I know I'm on a Friday schedule. It's I decided, you know, shake things up while I'm in uh, quarantine here, while we're in uh, lockdown, uh, sheltering, however you want to put it. I've decided, let me change the schedule a little. Well, you know, I used to post on Thursdays, but I mean, I don't know, maybe I'll go back. But the, the idea was that on Fridays, there were, you know, movies premiered, right? So I'd be a day ahead of that. Does it really still matter? I don't know. Anyway, I just unintentionally started to post on Fridays. So anyway, today's guest is returning to the podcast. He was on last summer. I was at the, uh, well, in the fall, I posted the show, but I met with him last summer. I was invited out to the Traverse City Film Festival by Michael Moore and that whole gang to check out their film festival, which I did, and I had a great time. And before I went, though, I invited Michael Moore onto the podcast. You can go to episode number 565 and find that. And on that show, he Michael described this very important documentary from a former producer of his named Jeff Gibbs. So he made a point of saying I had to see this documentary, it's really important, and talk to Jeff. And I followed his orders, and that's exactly how it played out. So if you go to episode number 581 from last year, you will be able to hear that episode as well. And we were joined by Ozzy Zaner, who is an author, an academic. He is also credited as a producer and as a cinematographer on the on the film, and we were joined by Ozzy uh, uh, for that conversation last summer. So I've been keeping tabs with with the film, and uh, as I mentioned, just this past Tuesday uh, it, uh, morning, it premiered. First, Michael had a big, splashy Facebook Live event to uh, introduce the uh, documentary's premiere to the masses, which is exactly how it turned out, since I think a quarter of a million people uh, streamed that event, and uh, I was one of the people who caught up with it a little late into it, but and it reminded me that uh, Jeff was premiering Planet of the Humans on YouTube for no cost. It's free. You can stream it right off Michael Moore's channel on YouTube right now after you listen to, uh, or maybe before, maybe you want to watch it. There's no real spoilers, so it doesn't really, really matter if you listen before or after. So anyhow, so I rather spontaneously put together this episode in order to put the word out and, or help to put the word out about a very, very, uh, what I think is a very important documentary. I think it will, those who self-identify as environmentalists, as, as green, will definitely have some of their pers- their perceptions about themselves, about the movement, shaken up a bit 
for all the best reasons, though. It can only help ultimately make people commit to a new way forward. And um, maybe, you know, as we dis- Jeff and I discuss in this upcoming conversation, this is a, as, as awful as a situation we find ourselves in. Maybe this is also within there a small gleam of, of, of an opportunity to, to uh, take a, a step in a new direction. So I, I don't want to delay anymore. Here it is. Uh, this is the filmmaker, the director of a, this new documentary called The Planet of the Humans. It's, it's right now, again, available for free on YouTube. You can just go to Michael Moore's channel or just, just you know, search in YouTube the title of the film and it'll come right up. And uh, you can visit the website planetofthehumans.com as well for uh, getting on their newsletter, uh, keeping in touch with uh, the, the team. Uh, uh, and... Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> here. We go. This is uh, Jeff Gibbs back on uh, Film Wax Radio. No outro today, folks. Take care. See you next time. Um, good. Yeah, a little bit in shock. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're referring to launching Planet of the Humans on on YouTube, right? On right. The, and and just the response to that. So thank you all the more for uh, making time this morning. Since uh, I don't know, are you just like uh, getting? Are you just pulled in a bunch of different directions all at once? Yeah, we've had one point four million. Uh, views. It might be more than that now. I don't know, but uh, in it gives us around three days. Um, so we released it. Um, yeah, with the pandemic, <laughs> losing track of what day it is. It's Friday, right? Yeah, the, uh, the days definitely do bleed into each other. Yeah. yeah. So we released uh, Tuesday morning uh, about nine o'clock. So very close to this time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, we just we didn't know what would happen. Um, but it just kind of went crazy. For a while, we were trending, I think, uh, number 12 on YouTube mm-hmm. at the peak. Um, and uh, we did a live stream Q&A uh, discussion. Yeah. I caught the tail end of that. There were 270,000 people watching that. Um, oh, so No wonder nobody responded to my message. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Didn't get uh, through. <laughs> I thought I would write something clever. Or I think I posted the link to our previous podcast that we did back last summer in Traverse City. Right. And you were our first podcast and our oh uh, second interview, I think, for the uh, for the film. So th- thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I thought, you know, this is a really this is good to do this and, and to make those out there aware, those few who, don't, who aren't already aware, according to your uh, statistics um but uh just to spread the word as much as possible 
that a this one of them i think one of the most important documentaries in years is now available and b for the low cost of zero free right free 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 cash money free 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 as i say (laughs) um yeah at least stimulus viewing say that again i say it's like it's a it's it's like stimulus uh, streaming stimulus streaming yeah i mean it's a couple things um it's you know joke but yeah it's stimulus streaming well yeah it's it's a free stimulus i mean uh yeah and you may be stimulated by the movie or you might be in a different kind of mood but (laughs) i think you'll have an experience you know which is yeah really our goal is um i know it seems absurd like what's your mission the first mission is to just make a movie that's uh that's watchable enjoyable and uh hopefully a, a movie worthy experience well you know honestly when i saw it last summer first of all in anticipation of my trip to Traverse City, I, I did do podcast. I did a podcast with Michael, and he made it, me very aware of your film, and you know made a point of telling me that I needed to see it. And so I did go to your premiere, or I went to uh, one of the, I think the second screening. Anyway, you know it was it was frustrating. Uh, it makes you frustrated. It makes you, it's a little stressful. But you know, right now. I, I know that Americans, uh, well, not only Americans, of course, but, you know, Americans in particular, just because, you know, we're American, <laughs> we're in America, uh, are are going through a really difficult period. However, you know, people are, are the reports are coming in that the environment is uh, in the very, very, very earliest of all stages, of course, of sort of improving a little bit. I mean, even if it's just a drop, you know. So maybe now is actually the perfect time to see Planet of the Humans. Well, that's that's a good point, Adam. Um, we're motivated. We're well. It's it's like our Mother Earth has sent us to our timeout room to think about what we've done, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. here we are, you know, sitting here. Way of putting it, yeah. Um, and um, but but it's also a sign of coming attractions, uh, or maybe coming attra- coming attractions are actually here now. I mean, I've long worried. Uh, while I was in the, in the run up to making this film, um, I spent many, many years just exploring what's going wrong with the planet and how bad it could become. And when it really dawns on you what it looks like to have a species collapse, um, it's, 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 uh, it's just something I don't think even the environmental movement, as much as it's blamed for being um, uh, doom and gloom, really holds fully in mind. So this is the kind of thing you read about in science fiction or see in science fiction movies, but it really is true that when we push up the planet past the limits, uh, we're all focused on climate change, and rightfully so. It's a it's a terrible thing, but there are so many other boundaries that we're hitting, uh, and this virus kind of leapt out of what it leapt out of a out of our abuse of animals and our animal consumption and our abuse of ecosystems that those animals lived in. You're and, talking about the wet market or wherever there's supposedly. Yeah, uh, I think I've, I've read that it could have to do with pangolins, which are endangered, and also with bats, which are common transmitters of uh, viruses to humans. Um, so the wet market represented people who were quite often poor um, going right. to the last remaining wild areas t- to get their food. Um, and then the virus. So. There's also research showing that stressed animals transmit diseases way more easily to humans. Um, and then, so the virus got into a very crowded city of 12 million people 
who were crowded in there to build all of our stuff. So, you know, so it's like the three things right there together, the abuse of nature, right. uh, densely populated humans, and our way, way out of control consumption that was had the people in Wuhan, China, living up to 12 in a room. And I yeah. saw some photos of people there wearing masks walking down the street, um, not from the virus, but from before the virus, from air pollution. So, um, so it's in a way it is mother earth's way of telling us that we're, we've hit limits and we're in for some real trouble. And of course the virus in this story isn't in the film, but the background of the film is really, um, that green energy is not going to save us. Um, even if you believe in green energy and that it works in a, uh, the last thing the humans need is another supply of energy. You know, look what we've done with what we've had. What we need is an off switch and to, to come to understand that, that we're hitting all kinds of limits. So, um, yeah, so it's an opportune time to think about this. And another thing that's interesting is that at the screenings, and you, maybe you remember this, but people in our screenings over the last year have always stand up and say, well, what, what are we supposed to do? Oh, uh, and... You know, and that's a very understandable feeling, but the virus, the pandemic is telling us what we are supposed to do, which is to, as you pointed out, all we have to do is begin to stop and slow down. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's the, uh, once again, the, well, it's like a low tech answer to a high tech problem, you know, but it's true. It's, it's just stopping is a good way to start. Do you remember that at the, uh, the Q&A at the festival, people... Um, but what are we supposed to do um, kind of feeling, which um, I don't mm -hmm. know if you had that or not after you're watching the film. I was weeping. I was rocking in a fetal position on the, <laughs> on the floor um, in the aisle. So I just, I don't remember. Can you hear me by the way? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yep. I'm kidding of course, but um, you know, I, I don't <laughs> have specific memories. I just remember it's such a, it delivers such, um, I, I, you know, difficult news. And I think I, I'm not even sure I stuck around for the Q and a to be, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent. I may have stuck around for a while though, because I, knowing that I was going to probably talk to you, I wanted to get some talking points perhaps, but I, I, you know, I just don't remember. Yeah. It's a feel, it's a, it's a feel good movie of the year, right? That's what we call it. The, uh, um, and you know, since well, you it saw a lot, it, it, it asks a lot of the viewers and it's not, you know, we we see, watch a lot of documentaries these days, and um, your your documentary asks, I think, in a way more of its viewers. And I'm not talking about in terms of like some sort of uh, you know checklist or to do list of uh, assignments afterwards, but just in terms of viewing the film and being open to what you're saying in the film. Yeah, it asks more viewers. Um... Not even in the way, another interpretation of that could be like an artsy film that asks you to kind of endure or go into a, um, some kind of other um, mm -hmm. interesting space. It's, yeah, it's challenging our most sacred beliefs. And, uh, you know, right now we're in the period where millions of people, or at least well over a million, have watched the film. And the YouTube comments have been phenomenal. I mean, just amazing how people... Yeah, I that. yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, we've we're kind of um, the film says that the story we've been told and sold and believed in um, by the environmental movement and environmental leaders by Al Gore, Bill McKibben and other people that we have loved and cherished 
um, that's that's an incorrect story. And there are tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in environmental organizations, um, in the media, uh, that have basically spent their careers telling you that the central problem is climate change to the exclusion of all the other things we humans are doing, and that green energy will save us. And so to say that story of climate change is incomplete and insufficient, and green energy therefore won't save us and won't even stop climate change is quite a, um, you know, it's a challenge to uh, the entire environmental um, system as we know it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, a call to overthrow that um, that system. Correct, right, which is the tall order. And a lot of people, as I think we, you know, when you and me and Ozzy were talking in in, uh, in my hotel room that, that day on the podcast, uh, I, th- I thought one really interesting point was how there is a culture around uh, the uh, green movement and how we really strongly have invested our identity. This is a large part of our of our identity, a lot of the progressives, uh, and you're asking us to sever a part of us. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but um, but not really, because our one of the things that I think I uh, discovered early on in thinking about the psychology of this is that um, we all know that technology, whether it's a technology of an earlier age of um, knowing how to hunt and fish, or how to to find where the wild food was growing, or um, then to begin to, to farm uh, the technology of the early clothing. But now, you know, all this advanced technology we have, technology is central to who we are as humans. But the thing I realized is, what is technology without a story? You know, we wouldn't go to the, have went to the moon without a story. We wouldn't have known where to go find the next food that was ripe, um, where the berries were uh, ready to be harvested, where the next wild game was without a story, you know, about that and about, and a map that's a, that's actually a story too. So, um, I realized that the stories plus technology are really at the core of what it means to be human. And, um, the, the problem with humanity right now, isn't the technology that we're trying to solve this problem through technology. The problem is we're living in the wrong story. We're not living in the full awareness that it's our entire species, our total human presence, that's the issue. Uh, we're living in this, uh, and again, I, I wish we could solve climate change alone, um, but we're living in this hope that we could solve one single part of that. So overturning this story is no more easy than it is overturning the story of one's culture or patriotism or religion that's been turned to darkness. This is just as difficult a task as that. I wonder, uh, yeah, after we are liberated from our quarantine, what life will look like. There is the human nature is to, you know, we all talk about returning to normal, which is, uh, I guess, a shorthand way of saying getting back to the way we were just before this started. But, you know, uh, I'm hoping that voices like Michael's who have a real platform can continue to sound the alarm. Like there's no there, you know, I don't think there's any going back anyway, but why, why would we choose to? Mm, Yeah. And you brought up Michael's work. And I think that's where, um, our, the work, his work and mine overlap is that, um, 
you know, I'm responsible for my fantasies about who I was as a green guy, you know, living in the woods, mm-hmm. chopping down trees for my log cabin, you know, chopping down more trees to grow my food. Um, you know, um, so I'm responsible for my part in this, you know, dreaming of solar panels and thinking mm-hmm. I could just, you know, but we've also had a lot of help in this and capitalism and the profit motive and even their partners, whether it's the United Nations or environmental groups or economists that believe in things like sustainable growth. You know, the only thing in your body that believes in sustainable growth is called cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, green growth. Um, so we've been sort of, I think, uh, there's been an unholy alliance between environmentalism and capitalism that's helped to make sure that, we, you know, when I was a younger, a solar panel was kind of an experiment. And there were solar panels that were low tech, like orienting your house to the sun. And then there was like the solar panels that Jimmy Carter put on the White House, which were actually just um, solar hot water heaters, you know, simple copper and um, huh. glass. So the, the idea that, that solar is all about high tech, you know, you, you could, a clothesline is a solar device. A tree in front of your house is a solar device in, in the sense that it shades you in the summer. You know, so we got away from the things about of design that could be low tech and less consumerish. And the only thing that's been left over is this fantasy plastering a million square miles with a, basically the same technology that's in your phone that we all know is destructive. Somehow that's going to save the planet. So that's, I think, the driver of... The first low-hanging fruit to deal with, as difficult as it, as it is, is is consumerism and capitalism and our addiction to growth. Um, it will take time to deal with redesigning society and figuring out how to have fewer people in a sustainable, just just way um, that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, repeat the abuses of the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as soon as like there's a sense of some sort of movement, uh, then there's a uh, always someone there to uh, try to uh, monopolize on it, even if they maybe don't have nefarious intentions. But it, it ends up becoming that way, as we see in the film. You know, I don't know that, that, that certain people go in with the idea of like exploiting the green movement. Uh, but that's what happens, um, it seems. I think, you know, it's it sort of happens. One of my guesses is, is that um, whether you're, whatever kind of environmental leader you are, you, you know, this is changing the course of humanity is really difficult. And I believe it was just too tempting to think maybe yeah. if, we, if we enlist business, maybe if we enlist corporations, maybe if we enlist bankers, mm-hmm. somehow that will do it. <laughs> and little did we realize, you know, I, and getting in bed with the, uh, yeah, they with change the, you, you know, and yeah, I right, can't remember right. his name, but we, Michael and I heard an activist when we were in high school that um, said, you know, people have this idea they can get in the system and change the system. And most of the time the system changes them. Makes sense. You know, yeah. uh, we're talking to Jeff Gibbs, who's the director of Planet of the Humans, which premiered on uh, YouTube for free just this past Tuesday morning. Tell me about the decision, just to switch gears for a moment, what went into your decision to distribute like this? Did this decision, it had to have had happened or been made rather prior to the pandemic, I'm guessing, but maybe I'm wrong. We've been thinking about this for a while, you're correct. And, 
you know, personally having invested so much into this film, uh, many years, um, and many people around me having invested uh, a lot of time, uh, it, uh, you know, it's, you know, um, yeah, we, we were try, we trying to think this through. Uh, I don't know if you can, sometimes it's hard to talk about this stuff. Uh, no, it's okay. Let me, but it's, you know, it's a balance here because we all have to have our work funded and we have to have a way of, of uh, proceeding. And yet when you ask yourself, you know, given the fact, if you really believe the planet's in serious trouble and we're in trouble, um, what are you, what are you willing to sacrifice? And so, uh, with the 50th anniversary of Earth Day coming up, that was one of our thoughts. And then with, um, the pandemic, you know, really making finances difficult and then thinking through, you know, and we, we haven't dismissed any options, but just starting to think through is, you know, is really participating with other corporations in, uh, distributing this movie. Is it the right thing? So right now, at this time, the right thing felt for Earth Day and, and for the pandemic to um, just give it free of charge, and um, you know, and I'll just continue to uh, you know get by as I always have for now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but by making the choice you made to put it on YouTube, you've left a very small, if not the smallest, carbon footprint possible. One of the difficult things about filmmaking is you know we have to have a footprint to do this, and even yeah. to do our technology, but. You know, well, film, well, film festivals, theaters. you know, movies in theaters, though, um, I think at a different time represented the ability to go to a theater without having to travel the world and to hear different stories. And uh, so I think they're they're kind of a could be a low impact um, kind of experience. But uh, then we developed you know, this culture of film festivals in which we all, you know, fly there and drive there. And then you fly to the thing to promote your your film so you know we've got to rethink i think how we do business and what it means to distribute films and uh you know maybe films bring the world to us instead of all of us traveling the globe to uh, promote and uh watch films well i i mean i don't know if i don't know if it will even be a choice tell me more about what you what you feel about that well you know in terms of oh uh festivals the, the yeah, what do you think is in store for our future, Adam? Yeah, gosh, oh my God! I mean, I'm I've been del- sort of postponing giving that too much thought. I mean, I have a wait and see attitude, honestly. But I mean, I feel like for sure the the community of of film festivals are rethinking everything at the moment and looking at the road forward. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I really don't know. I mean, uh, I'm not going to hazard to guess about. Again, it goes back to what I said before. Is there, is it the intention just to get back to the way it was? Or maybe it's an opportunity to look at what makes the most sense going forward. And so, you know, or I think maybe things are just a little bit more localized. I, I mean, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. You know, I, I just know that films, you know, they're, they're in peril, you know? Yeah, and films are um, one of our tools, um, that help us communicate with each other and, and uh, right. create change as well. Um, so I don't think, when I think about what we're in for, um, I don't know if we know, we don't know how and if this is gonna let up. And um, mm-hmm. so I believe that it will let up at some point, but um, I don't think we've, you know, 
if people are wondering, you know, what do I visualize happening with humanity? It's I, I frankly don't know, even outside of the virus, mm-hmm. um, be, because all I know is that a collapse in which we don't intentionally um, shrink our human presence, our consumption, um, the number of people uh, over time and in the way in which we care for everybody, um, ending our addiction to growth, ending our addiction to capitalism. All I know is if we don't um, do that, the the collapse is going to come to us. Um, And that I wonder whether we'll have anything left at all. Um, That's what my research says about when a species collapses. Uh, It often goes down to either a very small population or zero permanently. Um, and that's what I'd like to avoid. But whether we're um, living in a small technological society or we're living in a more pastoral, um, agricultural civilization uh, or some combination, I really don't know. And I don't think uh, we have that figured out yet. Um, so I wanted to raise a question, raise these questions in the film to get many people thinking about it and many people planning. And I trust that process. Um, more than just trusting myself to map out the answers on a sheet of paper. Do you have a way of seeing, are people watching, I mean, obviously comments on the YouTube, you're, you're, you're doing your best. I'm sure there are way too many for you to read them all, but uh, you might be getting a sense of how many people are, are watching the entire film and what their reaction is. Do you have access to, are you responding to some of these people? Are you engaging? Um, not too much right now. I mean, we yes, a few. Um, you know, we've been responding to um, just, you know, people have many people that are stunned and upset and uh, maybe even upset with the film. Uh, interestingly enough, often seem to, to say that they've, uh, and uh, things must change. And I learned so much. Um, and um, and even some of the reviews that have um we got a, I think a four star review in the guardian and, um, but there were some, you know, a few criticisms as there are, but even the criticisms were acknowledging, um, you know, the, the power of the film. Um, so, you know, but a few things we responded to in our talk the other night, like, you know, Oh, why did you leave out nuclear or maybe you're pro nuclear? You know, we're not pro nuclear. We just didn't have time to deal with it. (laughs) Um, you know, some people have, uh, thrown out, uh, you know, oh, there's new technology and there's so much I can't put in the film. Uh, we're going to uh, do some writing and have a frequently asked questions uh, that we post on our website. It's like, okay, new technology, um, but the technology still uses the things that you see in the film. And uh, the photovoltaic effect was developed in the in the mid-1800s. Um, so it's not like we haven't been aware of this effect um, and how to use it. Um, you know, the first wind turbine for electricity, I think was in the late 1800s. Um, so the, it's, you know, it's one of our fantasies that we have that just there's more, there can be more and more, somehow there's going to be another level of magic that will, that will save us. Yeah. I don't, what is it with that? Why don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, I guess it's human nature. I have an answer. I haven't nope. thought about it. Um, <laughs> if you want to go into this much, much into the weeds, uh, the, um, you know, I've, I've, I was, I noticed that, that before we got 
you know, and again, fossil fuels is helping to destroy the planet uh, because our human presence is so large and we use so many fossil fuels. Uh, that's part of the story here. But, you know, science fiction never existed before we humans got the tapped into fossil fuels. So the ability to have something, uh, a little, a piece of rock or a thumb full, you know, of oil, a thimble full of oil will make it push an SUV a block down the road. I mean, our lawnmowers are six horsepower, right? I mean, yeah. so the, the, the ability to travel, to get in a tube and be in a different climate and continent in a few hours, um, you know, so as fossil fuels gave us these, um, these powers that humans had never had before, uh, you know, as soon as we got fossil fuels infrastructure, and we, we could build telegraph lines, radio came in, all these technologies were based on having abundant fossil fuels um, and the technology that developed. So I think it's actually affected our brains. So now that we think it's our birthright, that just it's the nature of being human, that there's going to be more and more magic. Uh, and there weren't stories of escaping to other planets and other universes. Um, you know, maybe there was Icarus. If he flew to the sun, though, he would burn up. Right. Um, yeah. There was a magic carpet, but there weren't these stories uh, like now you see everywhere. You see, you know, Iron Man and the Avengers and, you know, all the science fiction and all the comic book stuff is based on somebody's got some magic energy that just makes things happen. Right. Uh, cartoons, you know, like He-Man and Transformers. Um, so it's got, I think, into our brains that this is just the way it is that we're going to have continued magic. And there's always a uh, new version also. A new right? version. There's always a, uh, an iPhone 11, and there's going to be a 12. A 12. And when you think about what the iPhone 12 really is, it's a super advanced version of the telegraph. Mm. It's a digital information being transmitted at a, different, at a distance. And there was no telegraph before fossil fuels. There was no telephone. There were no hydroelectric dams because we didn't have enough concrete and iron and steel mm. until we tapped into the coal and then they could run the machines and process that level of material. So it's, I'm hoping to, to write a book um, because this movie is really just in a way a trailer for this larger story that we haven't yeah. learned right. about how exactly did civilization develop? How did we humans develop? How do we get ourselves into this mess? And how can we humanely in love with love for everyone um, figure a way to reduce our human presence? You mean like a jacket quotes from the allegors of the world, but um... no, no. But we've got um, some already. Uh, Ozzy spotted. I don't know where he spotted it. I'm not tuned into these things. But the first meme from Planet of the Humans, which is less is the new more. <laughs> I love that. You know, and maybe, and I would add, maybe we'll probably be happier for it because even though we're not happy, unhappy, happy being trapped yeah. at home, I think some part of us. Um, if we admit it, being forced to slow down has not been a completely bad thing for us all. Not at all. I agree. And that's kind of what I would, I, I think is why perhaps seeing less smog and, you know, just sort of being able to breathe a little easier when we're out, when we are outside to, to cross the street without having to dodge the buses and cars quite so much, you know, these types of things. Maybe we'll, we'll, maybe that'll become our latest addiction. I don't know. It's good to observe. And I'm shocked at the stories. Um, it's almost hard to believe. Um, I hope they're true. But just when you see these pictures, like 
what, before and after how blue this much more blue the sky is and the pollution's mis- missing and the reports that animals are coming back this quickly from just humans interfering less i mean it's just are you are you surprised by that yeah of course sure it's amazing you'd think these things would take decades <laughs> i mean you know i'm exaggerating but, but no you really we, we do. Would take ages just considering how long we've been taking to uh you know, do the destruction part of it. But I guess even that is, hasn't been that long in terms of our history, uh, right? I mean, the amount of damage we've done is like the last 30 years. It's exponential, though. That's a great point. Yeah, that's part of what's the, been the, the bee in my bonnet. And I wish we had more bees in all of our bonnets. But it's been... Um, I heard a report that I cannot track down for the life of me, but I know I heard this news report... And I've, you know, just looking at what's happened to um, uh, the other data, this makes sense. Uh, after the year 2000, I, uh, there was a, some state of the planet report uh, that was compiled by thousands of scientists. And one of the, um, um, maybe it was a reporter summarizing it or something. Maybe that's what I heard. But that in the last 50 years in my lifetime, humans had commu- consumed more resources than in all of previous human history. Sure. And that like messed me up. And then it said, and we're on track to do it again in the next 30 years because it's exponential, as you just said. I'm like, that is a definition of suicide. Right. And um, I mean, do I sound terrible when I say, you know, climate change isn't the whole thing? I, you know, I've, I've been desperately depressed about climate change. When it dawned on me, it's this whole bigger thing. I was like, that really is what blew my mind. Yes. And I appreciate any, any, I, I when scientists who we occasionally hear from these days, I don't know, the media doesn't seem to go out of their way to give them as much of attention as, as uh, some of our politicians, but you know, the interconnectedness of, of how we found ourselves in this predicament, it's not just global warming. It's not just climate change in terms of uh, disease. This has a lot to do with animal agriculture uh, and everything else. It's, it's all very much connected and how we found ourselves in this dilemma. It's animal agriculture and it's, and it's all agriculture. I mean, animal is the most destructive and takes up the most land, but you know, when, whatever you clear a piece of land for, uh, you know, interest then, you know, even clearing land to grow plants is essentially a hundred percent wipe out of that ecosystem. And as we all reduce or eliminate our meat eating, uh, the ironic thing is that throughout human history, as humans have gotten into overpopulation, they have switched from eating meat to eating plants, um, because you can, you, you you know you can feed more people. Um, so, well, it makes sense to to try and drastically reduce that impact. Um, and I'm so happy that they put out movies like Cowspiracy, uh, which also took on <laughs> sacred cows like we do. Um, you know, again, without the frame of humans, um, are hitting limits, um, you know, a a vegan culture will save some impacts, um, but will still be, um, you know, consuming resources, mining for our materials, uh, will still be, um, we'll we'll just be heading towards other limits unless we have an off switch. So does that make any sense that with lacking an off switch, we'll just, we'll just feed ourselves into 15 billion people living on plants instead of 8 billion people living on a mixture of things. 
sure, we keep finding ourselves finding the same old hackneyed solutions instead of looking for better solutions. We're looking for partial solutions. Uh, oh, temporary or yeah, fixes. Yeah. I don't know. Which some of which are very, very important. Um, like we should be trying to preserve every place where there's biodiversity that we can. That's desperately important. And yet, um, growth continuously incurs, you know, and uh, eats up more of what we're trying to preserve. Even under Clinton Gore, there was an expansion of logging and, and deforestation. Um, it didn't stop just because we had Democrats in office. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to avoid going just in, in a new direction here with the conversation because yeah. I've, I, I, it's a trigger for me. But the Democrat Party right now. But anyway. I'm just going to urge everybody uh, listening to uh, to do themselves an enormous favor and watch Planet of the Humans. Go to YouTube and just search Planet of the Humans. It'll come right up. And you can see the full documentary. Right, It's on Michael's uh, YouTube channel. Michael's YouTube channel. It's also, uh, you can get to it from our website, planetofthehumans.com. Oh, right. And visit there too, and sign up if you're interested in, in in continuing the conversation after you see the film. Right now, as of three days, it's at 1.4 million views, which is uh, a good sign. Yeah, I think it's getting out there, and uh, but it's just the beginning. So uh, we're hoping many more people watch, and we're going to need to do lots of podcasts like this. I so appreciate it, and our own podcasts, and um, we'll be doing some um, writing okay. some articles and. Uh, We'll be out there the next in the next coming weeks because because this is going to take a lot of processing, that's for sure. Um, and are you you're so you're, are you involved in Rumble on, actively or are you uh... not actively beyond whenever Michael wants to have us on? But um, we'll, we'll be starting our own. Well, you're on episode seventy two to uh, plug the uh, the oh and seventy one. I see. Yep. It's, uh, you were talking obviously about the preparing for the uh, premiere. Yep, and then on Earth Day, our Earth Day conversation. Oh, and the Earth Day, yeah, I'll have to catch up a little. Yeah, I had to kind of withdraw after Bernie dropped out for a few weeks because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I kind of threw up my hands, you know. But I wasn't, yeah. nor was I surprised. I'm not I'm not a child anymore, so I mean, it's, uh, but, uh, there was a gleam of hope for a while there. Yeah, it seemed Which like... But, you know, whether it's him or his message, I believe he made a big impact. You know, and I remind Michael of that, too. It's, um, I think, especially capitalism love story. We weren't talking about capitalism before that. And there was no Bernie and Elizabeth Warren uh, before right. and sicko. Um, and then, you know, we don't have universal health care, but we got Obamacare. So I think we got to remember that Bernie's uh, legacy will have changed things. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it seemed uh, like... Anyone who wants to push the boundaries um, can quickly get crushed, and uh, right. well, we're, uh, we're going to be dealing with some of that too, Adam. Frankly, and and uh, and we're going to yeah. Yeah, Americans just also seem to be very afraid of change. You know, maybe that's just human nature in general. But you know, Americans are supposed to be these pioneers, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, kind of good branding, but I'm not sure it really applies. You know, the, uh, but um, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this when I when we met up in Michigan last summer, but uh, the first time I, I've met Michael a number of times over the years, but the first time I ever met him, I was at the uh, Directors Guild Theater, in, you know, in Midtown, and he was in the lobby, and I had just seen Sicko, and I said I went up to him and I said, you know, 
after seeing your film, I'm really, I'm, I, I was, uh, I'm going, to, I'm moving to Canada. You know, I was kidding. You know, I, I, he was so <laughs> yeah. serious. He goes, oh no, you gotta, you have to stay and you have to stick it. You know, you have to fight the good fight. You know, he was just so earnest. Um, you know, maybe he knew I was kidding too, though, but, um, he was, kidding. A, he was, yeah. yeah. Canadians, if you're listening, uh, I guess we can't travel Canada now. So never mind. I was going to say that could be a good escape valve, but uh, yeah. So even right now, that's uh, off limits. So, um, yeah. well, I really appreciate you um, okay. coming back to this conversation, and I uh, hope we can, uh, you know, uh, maybe down the road, uh, yeah. be happy to keep it going. Oh, I'd love it. No, I'd love to check in with you in with you periodically. I think that would be super. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for what you're doing and having us on or having me on this time. Oh yeah. No, thank you for making the time. I'm so glad we can make it work and um, yeah, we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, check in soon. Okay, great. Anything yeah, else? Right. Well, that's good. I think we're good. Wonderful.